When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. I'm your host and audio engineer, <laughs> coming in strong with the intro music via Riverside FM through my phone, Ryan Key. I'm co-host number three, classic guy sitting in a chair doing podcast things named Nick.com. I don't know if this is going to make sense to you. You're going to be like, yeah, totally. But what we just did, so Adam is in a different studio, not at home, doesn't have intro music and stuff to play while we record, which is how we start the show usually. So I just held my phone up to my microphone and played it through the microphone. He heard it, started the show. Reminded me of like high school, like cassette record, like just doing whatever you could do to like make things work. Make a demo. And record. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, do that. Yeah. Like I'll just grab that and play it and record it into the cassette machine. And then like, that's what I felt like just now. Yeah. Get your Sony boombox. We got a new sick yellow card cut. Yeah. Put some <laughs> tape over the little thing on the top of the tape so you can record <laughs> yeah. over whatever's on it. Oh man. High tech. Yeah. Put a blanket over the, the boombox in the room so you don't, <laughs> so you don't max out the, the microphone. Your Maxell cassettes. Good stuff. I, I was wanting to know if there actually was a difference in the cost, like when you would pay extra for like a better cassette pack of cassettes. Yeah, Were they actually yeah. better? Or was it straight up placebo? They're all exactly the same. You can't make tape better than tape. Like, you know, yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. We'll never know. Can we get Mythbusters on that? That would yeah. be a good one. I would watch that. I would love to know that. Yeah. Bring Jamie Heineman out of retirement. You know what I'm saying though? They had like the high end, totally, like yeah. super hi-fi cassettes yeah. you could buy that were like wildly more expensive than just the regular ones in like the yeah you know the gray ones in the in the white case they had like watch the, uh watch it get myth busted and then we'll talk to like the former ceo of maxell and they'll be like ah come on <laughs> <laughs> gotcha ah, capitalism ah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> we charge it you pay it <laughs> best case it has to be like in the factory there's like one more line of people that check like do more quality control like no this one's not f-ed. We'll throw that in the good pile, you know? Best case. I mean, the bottom line is cassettes sound like shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> that whole movement was just so odd. And the fact that it's like coming back, like bands are releasing their records and yeah. albums on cassettes. It's like, why? Yeah. The novelty, I totally get it, but like it doesn't sound good. It's full so. on novelty. Like no one buys anything physical. So they're just like, yeah. hey, here's a, f- a single, yeah. you know, like what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Amazon's had a little spike in cassette players probably <laughs> yeah. in the last year or two. It's like a fun thing to listen to a couple of times and you put it on your shelf and it's signed because you bought it, you know, with like the pre-sale with the shirt and whatever. And you just go. Mm-hmm back to Spotify to listen to it for real or Apple Music. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just a thing to have. That being said, I want Story of the Year cassettes on the new album. Bad. <laughs> there you go. See, you you want it for nostalgia's sake. You yeah, and it. I want to get a boombox and I want to listen to it and I want to flip it over. <laughs> I just want the experience. Okay. Somebody made us, and I have it. I've never used it. Someone made a actual copy of our third record on 8-track. Whoa. Wow, and I don't sick. know if... I, he said... 
if you want to try it out, it works. And I'm like, uh, all right, I trust you, man. <laughs> but I never, uh, I never actually, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, exactly. I was in Canada and uh, Toronto, I'm pretty sure, um, on uh newfound tour last in, in 2019, probably in the fall. And, um, someone brought for me to sign an actual Capitol records, but it was, she was from somewhere in Southeast Asia. I don't remember where, but you know, Dude. she was from Thailand or Singapore or somewhere like it's that. It's gotta and be Indonesia or something. She brought a lights and sounds like official Capitol records, lights and sounds cassette tape for me to Whoa. sign. It was crazy. Wow. Dude, a fan from the U S found one on eBay of our first album of page Avenue on tape from Indonesia. So it's gotta be yeah, you know, it was something like that. Yeah. I'll tell you what is not available on cassette tape is the Bad Batch season one, episode nine, Bonnie Lost. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I knew he was in there somewhere tonight. <laughs> the king is back. <laughs> Let's uh, get into it. What have you done with those plans? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not okay with that. <laughs> uh, the Bad Batch season one, episode nine, <laughs> Bounty Lost. God, I wish all of you regular listeners could hear this stuff live right now, like these Jedi... <laughs> council patrons are hearing because it's not <laughs> it's not the stolen plans music i mean you could become a jedi council patron then you get to hear it that's what i'm saying it's easy to fix this episode uh bounty loss debuted june 25th 21 2021 do we just say 21 now yeah back in 21 yeah. i don't know i don't know directed by brad rao who is the supervising director on the whole thing and nathaniel villanueva who's done some other bad batch episodes written by matt michnevets who is credited as a story editor on every other episode, but this is, I guess, his first fully written episode? I believe so. I think it's his first. Yeah. Giving him a shot. Bringing back Ming-Na Wen as Fennec Shand and Corey Burton as Cad Bane. 28-minute runtime. Disney Plus describes it as the following. The Bad Batch embark on a rescue mission. <laughs> Are they trolling us? With these descriptions? Yeah. Next week's going to be three words. Next week's going to say, <laughs> the Bad Batch in space. The Bad Batch <laughs> is, period, the end. <laughs> What'd you guys think overall? My first reaction would be that this wasn't my favorite episode because I think coming off last week being maybe my favorite episode, but that I did find a lot of the storytelling and you know the reveals in this episode to be cool essential, surprising, you know, all those things. So I think the information we got from the episode was essential and, and interesting. I just felt like we we're kind of like stuck in one location with not a lot going on other than the fight between Fennec and Cad Bane. You know what I mean? It didn't. Yeah, that was a big chunk of the episode. You, you didn't have that that normal kind of Star Wars multiple storylines kind of happening at the same time or, you know, or I guess last week was sort of that like one location, right? I mean, it wasn't really, but you did, you had more of like Crosshair's side of the adventure and the Batch's side of the adventure last week. Yeah. Uh, when they were showing the Bad Batch in this week's episode, it was kind of like uneventful, I guess is the word. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how you would have made it more eventful, but either way, it's just like, yeah, we're on our way. Yeah, we're on our way. You know, yeah, they were secondary for sure. So, so I kind of, I, I feel like it just wasn't quite as high stakes with like the action and the, I, I don't know what we were watching, but what we were learning was very high stakes. So important episode, fun to watch as always stoked Fennec came back and, and we found out all of these kind of puzzle pieces starting to come together. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all that for sure. I mean, a lot of information, a lot of action, but the action seemed a little slightly disposable to me. You know what it was? is more stuff in Star Wars that happens in a hallway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. That is the ultimate uh, battlefield is Star Wars hallways. It also had um, 
some of that kind of cagey Western soundtrack going on, which is not my favorite thing. I've seen that uh, a couple of people that I've talked to or other shows that I listen to are definitely kind of on board with us. Like, yeah, we don't hate that his soundtrack is like Western field, but you really 10 out of 10 made it Western when it should have been like just done a little bit more Star Warsy. Yeah, there's a space Western version. But yeah. this week, Look like at Mandalorian, they did it in Mandalorian. Totally. This well, that guy's on another level. He's superhuman. He's an alien. Yeah. He is an alien. So, like, not to be you know negative, like bagging on the episode at all. Like, it just I think it was full of a lot of good information. But as a visual episode, I think the coolest part of visually to me was Omega seeing her reflection in the cloning chamber. Yeah, I loved the green. I loved her her moment, of sort of like pensiveness and deep thought while she looked at herself. It was yeah. just really cool Some sort of foreshadowing there huh? yeah mm-hmm. and beautiful too like the the glass and the the green color and all that i thought was really beautifully shot and done so yeah there's cool stuff in it and just you know i think it was um i think it was more about information than visual kind of entertainment this week mm-hmm. i enjoyed the hell out of it and visually the whole time because again because i'm so tied into like the the visual effects world and the behind the scenes stuff in general i was just floored by talking about hallways especially that whole fight scene that everything on that planet all in the haze, the fog of that planet Mm -hmm. was like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you can just imagine the team, you know, the DP, the dude who runs the lighting, there's super artsy guy. I forgot his name. He's in all the behind behind the scenes stuff on the clone wars. I could just picture him talking about it in that like super artsy. I just smoked weed kind of tone that he (laughs) describes everything, you know, about the lighting. Damn, it was good, dude. And I was thinking about you, Ryan, too. Like, how do they do that? How do they do that? You know? Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, definitely uh, when, when Fennec first shows up and, like, you see the silhouette of Tonway's body in the in the mist and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah they all look, all these episodes look amazing. I'm not saying that it didn't look amazing. I just felt like it was a bit of a kind of hamster wheelish episode that yeah. had to deliver all this information, but we were sort of just, like, stuck in the same place with the shootout, and that was kind of it. Whereas last week was just, like, it was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. So yeah. coming off the back of that epic ion engine episode, it's tough. Yeah. <laughs> but we talk about this all the time. They can't all be the Oscar winners of, yeah. of yeah. episodes. They can't. Yeah. yeah. In short, my reaction is good episode. Hard to follow last week though. The end. Sure. Yeah. Totally. You know, <laughs> that's my whole take. It was great. But And they said the word boba. Which boba. is rad. <laughs> We're going there. It's happening. Hey, congrats on being sort of right, guys. Yeah, yeah, we did it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, do a quick plot overview. All right, so the show opens with the Bad Batch on the Marauder in, like, the heat of the chase, chased by Crosshair. They're sort of disagreeing on whether or not to jump to light speed. They want to hang back and find Omega. They don't want to leave. They don't want to make a jump to light speed and go across the galaxy and leave Omega behind. But they have to, ultimately. So they jump to light speed. We know at this point, once you're in hyperspace, you can't be tracked. So Not yet. Then we get to, uh, we go to Bane's ship. We see Omega's in captivity there. Bane contacts the Kaminoans to set up an exchange of Omega for his payment. Lama Su says once Omega is in custody, they will extract her genetic material and terminate her. Nalase is not pleased. There's clearly a difference in feelings, relationship, Mm -hmm. how these two... Kaminoans think about clones. One, or I'm sure many think they're products. Some others see it differently. I mean, he says property, property. so much. Yeah. Property. Mm. Got our property all the time. That dude's a dick. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping Nala Say has an attachment to her for an unknown reason and not that just she likes her. 
you know. Yeah, what if she like knows something that they don't know? I I don't know. But yeah, she's she seems to care for her in a way that mm-hmm. the others see them as just fodder, you know, like yeah. cannon fodder. Like mm-hmm. it's just we're making soldiers. It's doesn't matter. I would be just as pleased for her to be to have an emotional connection from spending time with her. Like the vegan in me is like, yo, if you hang out with a cow for long enough, you're not going to want to eat a burger. Yeah. And that's kind of how I see this. So I'd be, I'd be just. <laughs> Don't make Omega burgers. Do not. Yeah. They might taste good, but you can make a soy Omega burger that tastes just as good. So I'm hoping, I'm not hoping anything. I would be just as pleased if it's just an emotional connection. Back on the Marauder, Tech tells the Bad Batch that the bounty is out on Omega because she has pure first-generation DNA. And they're all like, what? And then, of course, Wrecker's like, what's that mean? Only she and another clone have that in common, a clone codenamed Alpha, a.k.a. Boba. Boba. Alpha and Omega. We all knew it. We all kind of figured it out, but this confirmation of it was like, sick. I was on my couch like, yeah. It's, it's starting, we're on the home stretch. It's starting to come together. Omega, back on Cad Bane's ship, manipulates Toto 360. We didn't mention in the credits that our boy Seth Green is back. Mm. I can't yep. not hear Seth Green's voice, by the way. Yeah. I could just see his face when that droid's yeah, talking. When you know, you know. It's yeah. like Seth Green doing 3PO. Yeah. You know, like that's what Toto sounds like. Doing his voice, not doing Toto. I wish the voice was more affected or something. Yeah. Put some more stuff on there. It sounds like Seth like, Green. Like uh, Simon Pegg in Force Awakens. You can't tell it's him at all. Exactly. So Omega manipulates Toto, I think with a good heart though, into letting her out of captivity in order to help fix the leg that was shot off by Hunter. That was kind of brutal last episode. Yeah. He's just carrying it around, like using it as yeah. a cane and like pointing yeah. and stuff. <laughs> so she gets him to let her out of the cell. She fixes the leg but it's kind of goofy. So he's like, it has to be calibrated, whatever. She gets behind up in his head. Oh, here it is. Oh, that's better. Nope. Shuts him off. Deactivates him temporarily. She says, just for, you know, this is just temporary, just for a moment. She's not a Kila. (laughs) I'm not a Kila. (laughs) She then starts searching the ship for her comm device. Just as Bane's ship arrives at Boravia, which is the other planet where there was uh, the abandoned cloning facility. Yeah, it's decommissioned facility, yeah. Cad Bane catches up with Omega, realizes that she's up to some stuff. I love how he says, uh, Toto, get your chassis up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? When he's yelling down yeah. to the droid. Yeah. I love that. She escapes before he catches up with her. She contacts the Bad Batch, figures out how to send her location. Right as she's about to send the location, though, Bane catches up, cuffs her. But then there's a blast from down the hallway. Tanway, dead. Shot by Fennec Shand. Welcome back. You're dead. <laughs> Oh, nice to see you. Oh, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> this turns into a pretty epic showdown between Cad Bane and Fennec. F- yeah, full tumbleweed style. <laughs> this is the shot from the trailer, right? And the, those first handful of pictures of... I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was the one in the sewers originally, but it, it's this one, like out on that kind of catwalk or whatever, that mm. balcony around the edge of the thing. And while this duel's going on, Omega escapes. She ends up coming across the whole abandoned sort of like cloning facility, uh, I don't know, their labs, right? These mm-hmm. these giant cham- tanks, chambers. Yeah, these giant chambers of, um, you know, where you've got, just like we saw in The Rise of Skywalker, these green tanks with floating clones in them. Some really old school looking aliens who are almost definitely like proto-Kaminoans. And I have some stuff in the Den of Antiquities about this. 
have some yeah. thoughts. To me, their heads look like at least the one that like falls out eventually just looked like a normal ass alien if you were to draw an alien. Great. Like what people thought yeah. aliens looked like in the 50s and 60s. For sure. I still think they look like that. Yeah. It's got to be something to it. I got it. I got it in the den. Eventually, Omega finds an escape pod. Fennec escapes Bane. The Bad Batch rescue Omega from the escape pod. The end. It's a little bit of um, suspense at the end where she's flying in the pod and it's potentially going to crash, right? Because there was uh, yeah. something got ripped off it as she was taking off because, what was it, a droid? Toto. Yeah, Toto was on it and ripped off a panel and... Toto did it. He totoed it. He totoed the vehicle. <laughs> he totoed the pod. And um, yeah, so she's about to go down, but then they snatch her up. The end. Saved the day. Let's discuss. Sure. We probably should have mentioned this in our reaction slash theorizing session, but there's sort of an allusion to the cloning creation of Snoke kind of thing, um, creation of Palpatine's clones, sequel trilogy stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. It goes back to this whole like speculation theorizing thing that Star Wars people like us do or feel the need to do where everything has to connect where it doesn't necessarily have to connect. This could be totally a different story that's going to blow our minds, but we only get to speculate based off of the information we have. So we see Snoke being cloned in The Rise of Skywalker, and now we see cloners cloning something in this those similar type of tanks, and we're like, Snoke? Ooh. And they're kind of alien-faced like him. Yeah. But I don't know. I, th I think that cloning is obviously be has been such a heavy-handed thing in Star Wars. Mm -hmm. providing the lead character for the entire sequel trilogy, you know, being born of, of cloning. And so I wouldn't be surprised if that's somewhat where it's going to really piece together and explain mm -hmm. how all these dots are connected and that, you know, cloning is the ingredient. It's the missing yeah. piece that like fills all the plot holes. And if they're, if they continue to do a, a good job with the writing, you know, I think they will come up with a, a, a very cool, interesting way that isn't just like, well, clones, and that, all your questions are answered because clones. It's going to yeah. be more interesting than that, you know? Totally. But there was something dark and, like, sinister a little bit, you know, about that scene yeah. with her finding that. So mm -hmm. I, I could see that. I could get those vibes of the dark side and, and you know, <laughs> dark secrets, cloning, <laughs> secrets only this shit, you know? Let's discuss that further. I actually have some ideas how we could discuss this with patrons. Maybe do another thing. Remind me of this later, everyone. Copy that. Dude, the, I feel like that seeing her reflection in the, the tube in the cloning chamber thing was an absolutely, like, to me, like, heavy-handed metaphor. Mm -hmm. She literally sees herself in that chamber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally. I agree. They focused, I mean, they racked the focus directly to the reflection, not her in the foreground, but the, yep. the reflection in the middle ground. And she was in it, you know, she was in her thoughts, like yeah. seeing that reflection and knowing where she was. It's like she, she sort of understood what, where the place she was standing in, you know? Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. This just popped in my head. I love having a podcast with you guys, by the way. Same. <laughs> Same. Tech, tech said two things when he was explaining like who Omega was. He said, clones are bred for obedience and then growth you know like those are the two alterations think about snoke he's just obedient and huge yeah like there's some sort of connection there i feel like to snoke wound up being a clone and that alien that was in the the chamber in this episode is huge too not necessarily mm -hmm. like kaminoan but like just tall overall 
So those are two things that I'm just like, well, if we're talking about cloning and Snoke, Snoke was super obedient and he was also huge. Those are two like things tech literally mentioned in this episode. Dude, all very tall. Yeah. <laughs> all this shit's laying the groundwork for Mando. The shit with Dr. Pershing, all of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everything's tied in, dude. They're weaving it so Marvel MCU style. Finally, like it's happening. I can feel mm -hmm. it in my bones. In my clone bones. Feel a great disturbance in the force. Yeah. Captain America was going to show up at the end of this episode. <laughs> but skinny and wimpy. And then the next episode, that's when he gets all swole. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Strange shows up. He's like, oh, wait. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Wrong. Yep. Wrong. <laughs> wrong universe. So he's never here. Take it easy. So we should, we should mention the Boba thing. It's clear as day. Well, sorry. We'll do that next. We should repeat here in the actual podcast what we said in the speculation in the reaction video. We, and we now have absolute confirmation that uh, of the motives of the Kaminoans with the bounty hunters. So we know that Cad Bane was sent by the Kaminoans at large, really at, at the direction of Lama Sue. But Nala Say, who has different feelings pulled out of her personal checking account to hire Fennec Shand to ensure that Omega would be fine, regardless of whether or not she would see her again. You know what I mean? And that's, mm -hmm. that was the cool part at the end to me. It's like, no, she's cool. As long as... She's safe from that other bounty hunter. You don't have to worry about bringing her back here. Yeah. So that was fully cleared up. We yeah. speculated a little bit. We were right. We were wrong, but we were all. It does just make me think that there might be a third party bounty hunter out there who they hired as a whole. Then when things got extra shady, they needed Cad Bane. But then it seems like to me, it's possible Fennec Shand was hired by Nalase on the side. Just saying it's a possibility. Yeah. And then last thing. I mean, discussion-wise, the Boba reveal is huge, and we, we hit on that more in the, the reaction video. There's a lot of speculating there, but ultimately, like, they're siblings, like we mentioned earlier, in a sense. So that could make things interesting if he ends up hired to retrieve her and then finds out, mm -hmm. you know, they learn about each other and find out how they're related. That could get really cool. Yeah, because yeah, there's no way he knows about her. She clearly doesn't know about him, yeah. you know, certainly doesn't know that they're related you know, brother and sister. So it will be cool whatever happens when they inevitably do find each other. A certain point of view. Many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Certain point of view, just a couple of things real quick. This is, I've heard some folks talking about how this is just like a, a complete side story and there's no stakes ultimately because we know that Fennec Shan survives because she's, she's still alive 30 years later. The Bad Batch is not even a part of this. They're just en route the whole time. Could have been cooler if they would have showed up, you know, mid-duel between Fennec and, and Cad Bane, especially because we don't, we don't know what happens to the Bad Batch. They're, they're not present anywhere else in the Star Wars universe after this. I don't disagree, but I also did not enjoy this episode. You're suggesting that this episode could have been a bit cooler if they were more involved in the fight to get her back. Right, because the stakes are lower with them. I think that would have helped with action, but I feel like, you know, look at it from this point of view. Everything Omega learned in like the first eight episodes she used, you know, she was totally on her own in this episode. So that's probably mm -hmm. why they separated, like the batch got her back at the end because there was no way really for her off the planet without them. But she kind of, everything she's learned on how to be independent, she used in this. And if it made it a little less action-packed also, as you're saying, Nick, like they were serving the purpose of like doing the research and learning of of Boba and all of that you know, yeah, yeah. On, on the ship. So, mm -hmm. which, how did they find that information again? Tech just walked in, 
he was on his iPhone looking at Wikipedia <laughs> okay. or something. He just he Googled it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. It seems interesting that the Kaminoans would just like put that stuff up online for you to find, but <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, the light speed escape, the hyperspace can't track us in hyperspace kind of thing. Mm-hmm. As soon as that happened, I was of course reminded of what we learned in the last Jedi that you can't be tracked through hyperspace until you can in the, in the sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. My question, my gripe is why isn't that a more commonly used thing? There's examples. I mean, we see it a little bit in the original trilogy, like they bail, but it's never been stated or it's never been presented in the way that it was presented here. Like, wouldn't people just be like skipping, like jumping to light speed left and right to escape all the time? I feel like, don't they do it in an empire? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea that the Falcon is, you know, broken so they can't get away yeah. and they're, they're able mm-hmm. to be tracked and then finally they, they do get away, you know. That yeah. Kinda. I guess it is part of the plot in some older stuff. It's just never sort of presented as explicitly as it was here. Yeah. It's maybe why it kind of caught me like, oh, weird. Kind of like when Holdo jumped to light speed straight through that, that Star Destroyer through Snoke's ship, everyone was like, so sick. well, what the hell? Why haven't they been doing that the whole time? It was, yeah. it was kind of on that level. Not that extreme to me, but I don't know. I got that feeling. What a moment. Yeah. In Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, so good. I don't know. Tiny gripe, probably not worth even bringing up. But I figured since we, we don't ever have anything in a certain point of view reviewing this series, I don't know. I tried to gripe. I, tried I appreciate to, uh, you trying. Yeah. I appreciate you trying to hate on it. Trying so hard to be mad. You ever just hate it cause, just because? <laughs> There's a Twitter for that. You ever just hate it because, you know, your age or like, you know, your emotional state? Yeah. Oh, you know what I really hate about this? You know, at the beginning when you press play and it says Disney. Oh, my God. I hate so it. mad about it. I hate it. it. Oh, God. It ruined everything. It's fire, Kath, fire. Fire them all. <laughs> I don't want to watch Star Wars anymore. Except I do. I watch it all so I can talk shit about it. <laughs> I love being miserable. All right, moving on. For over a thousand generations. It is the dark side. Oh, it's a Galicori. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. The, the Dan of Antiquities. We're having so much fun on this episode. <laughs> oh, I've, I've already been drinking. Courtesy of Borat quotes. Yep. Um, Nick, you have a few in here. You want to go through these and then I'll, I'll do mine. I have some stuff about yeah. the Kaminoans. Show him yours and then he'll show you his. Yeah, yes, exactly. Let's do that. Same time, actually. <laughs> <laughs> One, two. Yeah. There you go. Well, we mentioned, you know, Tanway made her return from, uh, Attack of the Clones and, uh, it's actually voiced by the same person, Rena Owen. Pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Dad, Tanway's here. <laughs> yeah. You know what we need from uh, Omega in this? Now that she's Boba's, I guess, sister, we'll call it. I love when he's just like, yep, in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need a Omega, like, yep, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Y-E-E-P, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Her accent was in full effect in this episode. It was great. Oh, totally. Uh, I, I thought there was some sort of similarity, too, with the... Uh, the shade of like green that those cloning chambers had uh, all those beings in, you know, pretty similar to the the Rise of Skywalker chambers that Snoke was in. Mm-hmm. They're they're within that same family of green. I might be stretching here and going into that whole Snoke cloning proto Snoke idea, but uh, I think it's worth mentioning that the the cloning juice is similar to the Rise of Skywalker, and when you see the clones on Kamino, that is definitely not green, you know? Right, it's like bluish, right? Yeah, exactly. 
I I did not watch this one uh, zooted or high on any jazz <laughs> cigarettes or anything like that. But I was watching the <laughs> I was watching the Marauder at the beginning of the episode, and I was like, "Hold on, a damn minute here!" And I went to Attack of the Clones when Obi Wan goes and sees Dexter in the diner, and they're talking about the Camino saber dart. Yeah, they're the same shape. The ship is the same shape as the Camino saber dart. Like three pronged with a little like thing in the with middle. The tip, yeah, that can't be a coincidence. No, visual language, dude. That could just be a nod to it. Prequel yeah. nod. Yeah. yeah, just just like the designers uh, made everything on Mandalore match that shape. The little the little breastplate kind of diamond shape yeah, has to yeah. be the same sort of approach in terms totally. of matching visual language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's smart. That's really dope. All right, I have a few things about Kaminoan history that I found really interesting kind of fill some holes and also bring up some other nuggets and um, I don't know, bring everything more into focus that I'll, I'll list here to wrap up the den of antiquities. So did you know that Camino was once a normal planet with continents and seas and green lush, everything deserts, the whole nine yards, a normal planet, convenience stores, places to buy clothes. Yeah. Strip malls, <laughs> Costco, Costco. Exactly. Skate park. <laughs> but there was an ice age and then at the end of the Ice Age, all that melted, flooded the whole planet. And that's how they ended up in the state that we, we find them in the prequels. Cool. So, so Earth soon. Yeah, yeah. In the grand scheme. Not like next year, but. For sure. Yeah. So since they had been the, the inhabitants of that, the, you know, the intelligent inhabitants of that planet had been a sufficiently technologically advanced species, they survived through it. And then they, I guess they, they were advanced enough that they had the ability to manipulate their own DNA like their early cloning work, their early genetic science was used on themselves to evolve themselves to better survive in, they basically made themselves amphibious. Their long necks and all that stuff came from genetic manipulation on themselves. So those big headed, big eyed aliens that we see in the old cloning facility Mm -hmm. may have Mm -hmm. been a planet that they went to in the meantime to kind of do some stuff while their planet was just raging water world, Kevin Costner style. And that, turn them into the the version that we met in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Yeah. That that tracks. That tracks for sure. And they they shut down the facility and returned home. Yeah, could be. But all all of that that whole history of, you know, the Ice Age and all that, that's all canon stuff. The other cool thing is the original design for Attack of the Clones of the Kaminoans was inspired directly Lucas, you know, hit the art department with the idea of making them just like those classic 1960s aliens that you guys referenced earlier, mm-hmm. specifically the ones that we see in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And as soon as I saw those ones in the tank, I was like, oh, those are straight up 60s grays. You know, they call them like that type of yeah, alien yeah. with the big eyes mm-hmm. from Close Encounters. Sure enough. That, I mean, Filoni had to have said, okay, I know this was inspired by this. Let's make the one in the tank just straight up look like a 60s alien from Earth, you know? Mm-hmm. That's how I read it, at least. I dig that. Hopefully we learn more, I mean, about what's going on there. Why is it abandoned? Why are they different in there? Like what the actual clones in that juice? I think we will. I mean, I think we will or we won't, obviously. But the fact that the stuff Adam has brought up is like if, if if you have the knowledge, you know, if you've dug for it and you know about the Ice Age, you know these things, that also sometimes in these scenarios is supposed to be enough. Like mm-hmm. Filoni, does, he, you know, he writes it, he provides the facility. It's kind of mysterious, but there is enough out there to say, well, they 
this was an old facility where they were engineering themselves. And when they found the best species, you know, best version of their species modified, they left it, abandoned the facility, returned home, built the new facility with all their new tech and all their, you know, genetically modified, super wicked smart version of themselves. And, you know, I, I'm happy Adam took the time to find that because that might be all we ever get. Yeah. You know, you think about totally. stuff like that where that's that's how it happens. It's like there's some stuff out there that's enough rather than like what are we getting a whole episode about the abandoned facility? I doubt yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, like enough to fill up a Wikipedia article and then it's like, yes, yeah, good. Go check it out next, you know. But we'll see. We'll see. All right, moving on. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, favorite quotes, uh, favorite moments, and so on. What do you guys have? Uh, I'm going to go with the Boba reveal, the Alpha Omega. Fi- finally, we, we get that. It's not a super exciting scene, but it's a huge reveal, very much propelling the story forward and answering questions and getting us excited for the eventual introduction of Boba to Omega and vice versa. So I was very much like, yes, here we go in that scene. Nick? I kind of dig it, even though it was super, super long, like a big bulk of this episode. I really did like the kind of duel and fight that Fennec had with Cad Bane. I think there's a reason, too, that they showed a couple of times Cad Bane had like a head plate, you know? Like there's way too many times where his hat was like off or knocked off or to the side or something. You're kind of just getting some sense that like Cad Bane is, he might be like the most badass bounty hunter but I kind of get the sense that like Boba and Fennec are going to be on the come up now. And Cad Bane's kind of like the old guy in town, you know, like I think they showed him get bested and then also just showed some of his injuries. There's new sheriff in town now. <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of, I kind of dig that. Just, I really, we talked about it too. The fog, I think really, you know, three weeks ago we were like amazed at the, how the water looked last week was like kind of the fiery, uh, ion engine. The ion. Yeah. 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 And now this week was the fog, so they're crushing it as far as that type of stuff goes. So I'll I'll go with. I mean, seems pretty easy, but I th- I just think overall the the fight between Fennec and Cad Bane was pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna go the easy route as as well and default to that because visually it blew me away. It was a great showdown between two badass fighters, and it was like it was suspenseful because of the visual part because of the fog all you know the kind of popping in and out of visibility thing around corners mm-hmm. it's just really good i was into it so that's my favorite scene someone in in the chat one of our jedi council members mentioned that it was nice to see fennec uh, see some physicality because she's yeah, been yeah. sort of known as a shooter mm-hmm. uh, and so to get her in in kind of hand to hand combat was was cool yeah. showing her skill level and if, you know proficiency as a all-around badass bounty hunter oh you know what my my favorite move was her like head butt uppercut that was sick uh cad cad bane head butted the shit yeah. out of her too right yeah, he yeah, does yeah. like the sort totally. of like wrestling like sleeper squeeze and just pops her in the face with his yeah. head yeah yeah kind of gnarly and then she was like kind of bent over but like with the back of her helmet oh yeah 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 head butted yeah. like uppercut wise pretty badass yeah it definitely reinforces the little bit of like the the brief badassery that we see her that we see her in the uh, you know what was the episode of the Mandalorian where they ended up the rescue it was uh, chapter eight I think yeah right? yeah she definitely was throwing some some kicks and stuff in that one yeah good stuff all right favorite quotes what do you guys have before we give out medals um, this episode was. We talked about this before we recorded, like when Nick, when you were working on the notes, not super quote 
heavy, friendly. I mean, yeah. tricky sometimes in these 25-minute animated episodes. It's not going to be like... Not going to be a poster. You know, it's true, all of it. Yeah. You're not going to get that every time. <laughs> um, so I guess that it's kind of almost a moment, but the Omega, you're, you don't have to worry. You're never going back to Camino, And she very innocently says promise you know you see that yeah. childlike fear which is a cool contrast to seeing her uh, like you mentioned nick sort of putting into practice everything she's learned in this mm-hmm. episode and being able to survive on her own and fight her way out and escape but then you see that she, you know she's still she's still a child and she's terrified and now she has a huge understanding of the fact that the Kaminoans are after her you know and she asks why are they after me like what did i do there, there's all this sort of innocent naivety that's coming through in that scene. And um, yeah, I think so more than just the actual words, the moment mm-hmm. is pretty, pretty impactful. Yeah. And she does mention too there, like you said, like, why are the Kaminoans after me? So not even like, why is Lama Sue after me? Like mm-hmm. for all she knows, Nalase, like she doesn't know that Nalase is actually trying to protect her at this point. She just thinks that she, they want her back for, yeah, you know. I forget who says it, but they were like, you know why they want you back. And she doesn't really say much. I think she knows for cloning purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, My favorite quote, I think uh, I kind of liked the the end scene. It's not really, again, it's not really a quote, but the whole just her and and Hunter at the controls of the Marauder just having this heartfelt kind of conversation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, It definitely was like a... I don't know. Like there was so much, like you said, like naivete with her. And then Hunter also, you know, some of our patrons uh, touched on it. He says promise, even though he can't promise that. He doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Like for all, like for all, what is the plan? I guess the thing so is parents Hunter do, doesn't though. even know. Yeah. yeah exactly. so parents yeah, totally, do. You have to. They just, they tell you it's going to be all right, even when mm-hmm. it's not going to be all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I just, I don't think Hunter knows what tomorrow holds, you know, at this point. Yeah. Like there's really no plan that we see and i have no evidence that he has a plan it's just literally like omega got taken away let's go get omega what's episode 10 who knows <laughs> yeah all he can do is assure her that he'll do everything he can to keep her safe essentially yeah and it's still it's beautiful uh my favorite quote is just about the vibe it's cad bane by hook or by crook you coming with me yeah <laughs> it was so over the top western but it stood out to me I'm just, I, dude, I guess I'm not bummed on the heavy-handed Western shit. It's just kind of fun. You know what I mean? I mean, Filoni does wear a cowboy hat. He does live <laughs> yeah, in a cowboy kind hat. Of, uh, it's not a cowboy, it's kind of a cowboy hat. It's a, it's yeah. a. It's a Western hat. Yeah, cap. yeah. It's a cowboy's fedora. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's see what the patrons thought. Nominee number one, Tech explaining to the Bad Batch why Omega is so special. Second nomination, Omega helping Toto fix his leg. Cute and devious and mischievous. Third nominee, Fennec Shan versus Cad Bane in the abandoned Kaminoan cloning facility. Fourth nominee, Omega comes across the abandoned cloning chambers. Sees her reflection. Heavy. Fifth and final nominee, Hunter and Omega. Their heartfelt conversation in the cockpit of the Marauder to close out the episode. Patron Megan Ducher voted for Fennec versus Cad Bane because, quote, it's truly the best action slash fight sequence we've seen so far. Pretty great. It was so good, it felt like Cad might not make it out alive. That's saying something for a bounty hunter who regularly went toe-to-toe with Jedi. Yeah, agreed fully. 
Also in a series where you typically know that everyone's going to be okay. <laughs> Even the bad guys. <laughs> Might be Megan Dutcher. Dutcher? You would say Dutcher? I would say Dutcher. All right. And the winner with 43% of the vote is the face-off, the duel, the battle, Fennec Shen versus Cad Bane in the abandoned Kaminoan cloning facility. I'm your Huckleberry. Fennec says, I'm the captain now. I am the captain now. <laughs> Second place with 28% of the vote, Tech explaining to the Bad Batch why Omega is so special. It's a big bomb drop. That's good. That's a good one. Guys, I just found this on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was looking up the Bad Batch on Wikipedia. <laughs> Turns out... I Googled us. I Googled us. <laughs> Turns out there's a show about us. Dude, have you ever Googled us? <laughs> there's like a whole article. <laughs> Favorite quotes. First nominee. Conversation between Toto and Omega. I am his trusted confidant. We are a team. Really? It's not very nice to you. Kind of brutal, this situation between Toto and Cad Bane. I feel bad for little Seth Green. <laughs> yeah. Second nominee, Cad Bane, this was my pick, Western style. By hook or by crook, <gasps> you're coming with me. Third nominee, Cad Bane and Fennec Shand discussing the bounty, Omega. You got no business messing with my score. You of all people know it's all about the price. Besides, she was my score first. Omega and I go way back. Fourth and final nominee. We only did four here for favorite quotes. The conversation that Nick referenced between Hunter and Omega. Omega, you don't have to worry. You are never going back to Kamino. Promise? I promise. Patron Carol Cantwell Love the conversation between Hunter and Omega at the end, just like Nick. And the idea of Hunter making a promise that we all know he won't be able to keep. Omega hitting him with the big puppy dog eyes, breaking Carol's heart, just like Nick. <laughs> just like Nick big, and his guns. We're all heartburn. <laughs> big broken emo heart. <laughs> the winner with 43% of the vote, broken hearts win again. Emo wins. Omega, you don't have to worry. You're never going back to Camino. Promise? I promise. <laughs> oh, I promise. Crikey, I promise. <laughs> Second place with 28% of the vote. Toto. Man, the emotions are winning on this one. Poor little Toto. I'm his trusted confident. We are a team. He just needs L3 to come rescue him. Yeah. Um, it's pretty brutal, Toto. Maybe you should be Omega's friend and get the hell out of there and stop being abused by Cad Bane. What do you say? Plot twist. My treatment is perfectly adequate most of the time. Good stuff. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for your input. Ryan Key, you got a quote of the week? I sure do. I don't know what made me decide to look for a Harrison Ford quote this week, but that's where my brain went. And this was top of the list. I don't know how we haven't used this before. Just put a little positive energy into the world this week. Quote, may the force be with you is charming, but it's not important. What's important is that you become the force for yourself and perhaps for other people. Harrison Ford. That's the most positive thing I've ever heard Harrison Ford say about Star Wars. I was going to say the same exact thing. <laughs> uh, uh, you'd be surprised when you go, well, about Star Wars, but you go down the list and almost everything he says is, he's like, at least his quotable stuff is like hard work, determination, positive energy. That's like all he talks about. Very interesting. Yeah. It's a little surprising, but that was all, most of the quotes were about like, I've, I've been successful because it's not about the success. It's about the journey, that kind of stuff. It's like, wow, okay. 
on the inside, you're not as crusty as you are on the outside. Yeah. Be yeah. a carpenter, feed some people some lines. Maybe you'll end up in the most successful <laughs> franchise in movie history. <laughs> I feel like most quotes from Harrison Ford revolving Star Wars are quote unquote, who gives a shit? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, um, thank you so much for listening this week. If you are a person who's listening right now, but you are not subscribed, you're you're in like the 50th percentile. Smash that button. Smash it. Yeah. Half the listeners are not subscribed, so smash it with two fists together, like down at the same time, if you have a button that's that big. Bring the hammer down on that subscribe button. Yes. And if this is not enough Star Wars for you and you want more and you like our vibes and what we do here, Armor Party Podcast is another one in the Thank the Maker Network. That's about costuming prop building, like specifically starting with Stormtrooper armor and stuff like that. Our friend Mike from Hondo Supply started that and it's great. New episodes every other Tuesday on that one. Thankthemakermerch.com is where you can find merch for this podcast, including um, the t-shirt that we can't stop talking about. They ate that lady, the uh, the Ewok, I think our most popular theory. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yes. <laughs> and all the other good stuff, the Star Wars Top Gun shirt that Ryan's wearing right now that you can't see because this is audio. It looks good though. It's great. It's a beautiful blouse. Thankthemakermerch.com. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, we're at thankthemakerpod on Instagram, at thankthemaker on Twitter. All my stuff is at Adam the Skull. All of mine is at William Ryan Key. And my Instagram and Twitter are at Nick Bayside. And episode two of the radio radio show is out now. Please go listen. It's exclusively on Spotify. I would love for you to meet me over there and listen to some tunes. Good stuff. Dudes, good hang. I'm going to go do another podcast. Everyone, thanks for listening. Until next time, may the force be with you.